0: What is going on you guys and welcome back to another episode of our portfolio update series for you guys. If you're new to the channel here, my name is Brandon, I'm joined in person with my father Mark.
1: Hey Brandon. Good to see you. How you doing? (laughs) Good. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here in person. For those of you who don't know us, I don't live in Vancouver where where, uh, Brandon lives. And I'm in town for a very special occasion. Yeah. And while I'm here, we thought we'd get together and film a video. But uh, yeah, as of uh, well, as of yesterday, Brandon is a married man. Got the ring there. Yeah. So yeah, Brandon and Vivian, after years and years and years of being together, uh, got married. They tied the knot, knot yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So that is awesome. So of course we had to be here for that. Um, and then, hey, a little bit of...
0: And film a video here, too, you video know, yeah. while we're here. Well, well. While you're here, why not, right? Why not, yeah. Well, so no. so con- publicly, congratulations, Brandon. Thanks, that was then. awesome. Yeah, Thanks for good. making the trip down. You I appreciate betcha, that.
1: Betcha, of course. Well, hey,
0: we got to dive into this update because we have an exciting one for you guys. We actually made some big sells, which is, I guess, a little less common for what, you know, the position we're in with our portfolios. We're buying, buying, buying. But we did make a couple notable sells. And for a very good reason, which we're going to talk about later, it has been a while since we've done an update. So we do owe you guys a nice deep one. But um, yeah, why don't we start off with our Q&A segment, which we do every single time. I will just ask you guys, if you enjoy the series, take a moment and give this a big thumbs up. As always, of course, if you do want courses and training, we do have our investing academy down below. That's that first link in the description to check out. But let's dive on into the Q&A. And we're going to start off with a question here from a guy named Bruce. And he says, I never know when to sell at a loss. I always think it'll go back up and then I'm left hanging on to losers that either go down or stagnate for several months. And uh, yeah, basically I guess a question on never know when to sell. And again, we, we did make a couple sells here. So this may be something that you piece into your strategy if it makes sense. But yeah, buying stocks that never go back up and they just hang on to losers.
1: Yeah, it's always easier to buy a stock than it is to sell it there's no question about that for sure but there are some very good reasons that you might want to sell we'll talk about one of them today and uh, maybe we'll expand on it a little bit but just also a number of months ago we did a video
0: uh, specifically on it was when to sell a stock how to probably sell a stock yeah right? f- A are your reasons few reasons as to why you would sell a stock. yeah and i'll, I'll link that up for you guys because it basically goes over what we believe about three or four key reasons why you know you purchase a stock, you assess it at this given point, it may no longer be the right stock for you. Mm-hmm. And there could be a variety of, of reasons why that's the case, but. Um, it, 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 it does happen,
1: you know, from time to time. And even, you know, a lot of people like us say, you'd like to buy a stock and in a perfect world that would just go up, 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 up. Um, but that's not always the case. No? Now, if it does. So just to answer the question yeah. or throw a couple of ideas in. First of all, if you buy a stock, oh, in this case, yeah, you can, you might want to sell a stock because it's gone up and it's overweighted and it's too... But here
0: he's talking about when to sell at a loss.
1: Yeah. So first of all, hopefully um, the proper due diligence went in, the proper strategizing went in before you bought it. So it
0: wasn't just while well, I read this... And somewhere and not to cut you off but hmm. I feel like that's what happens far too often with these types of comments you know they buy a stock thinking it'll go back up and they're hanging on to losers because they bought a bad quality business to begin with you <laughs> know what I mean they bought a stock that maybe shouldn't have been a, a stock for their portfolio well, and
1: hopefully it doesn't happen too often Bruce but you did say here um, I, I always, always have so. yeah. yeah so and don't I mean don't feel horrible because this is not that atypical that that happens but um, I would say if you buy a company and you did your homework it goes down uh, use that first of all as a learning opportunity and if it happens over and over I mean look at the common threads and say why am I buying companies my guess is you're probably buying them because um, they're the hot stock of the day that's m- the most common reason mm-hmm. and they're and they're going down then once it goes down uh, to me one of the uh, one of the the, the most difficult or one of the worst decisions an investor can make is you hear that and I heard this all the time when I was working in the industry is I'm just gonna wait till it comes back up to what I bought it. So, there's just it's a superficial number. It's it doesn't matter if you bought it at ten dollars and it went down to five because that's backward-looking. You're always looking forward mm-hmm. and so assess does this company that I own shares of have the, the potential a realistic potential of regaining those losses? If so, and you mentioned a few months. A few months is really nothing in the big scheme of things yeah. if you're a, a longer-term investor. So, I wouldn't be too worried about that, but assess the company and I always like to think, would you buy it again today? Has mm-hmm. something Great fundamentally points. changed with the company that would you know make you not enter the position today? That might be a, 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 an opportunity, or reason to yeah. sell it. Also, I'm just going to mention, it depends on whether it's in your RRSP, depends on whether it's in your tax-free savings account, or a non-registered account where um, you can do what's called tax loss harvesting, which we're
0: going to talk about in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, Brandon, that you want to add to that? Or No, I think we know that, again, I think what we'll do is actually post that video up for Bruce mm-hmm. and we won't take any longer on this question sure. because, um, yeah, we kind of made a video covering that pretty much, but... Common question. Common question, yeah. it yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to another question from Berna. He says, Brandon and Mark, I recently bought into facebook as well but it was a fractional share i could be wrong but when you buy fractional shares you aren't actually an o a share owner of the company all fractional shares are fulfilled at the end of the trading day because they need to pool money to buy in order to buy full shares do you know if you become a real share owner once you've reached a full share in wealth simple hoping to hear from you soon and that's actually a good question i think that's more a question for me because i'm more i guess in tune with the wealth simple app where yeah. we're using it basically every single day um certainly when you do buy fractional shares you are still getting the rights to dividends i honestly have to double check whether you get things like voting rights and whether it's treated like uh, an actual shareholder you know for me personally ever since i started investing the ability to you know vote on company matters and actually partake in that side of the business mm-hmm. uh, as a stock owner That's never, never appealed to me. I've never cared for it. And it's something that I honestly should know. But when it comes to fractional shares, it is still a relatively new uh, phenomenon here in the Canadian market. Mm -hmm. So it is something that I will have to touch up on just to double check. Uh, I don't think it would matter whether you have like half a shares, worth of shares, and then you topple over to like a full share. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you have enough fractional shares to make a full share. I think the answer would either be yes, you do get, you partake in, uh, you know, shareholder, rights, shareholder rights. Whether yeah. you have a fraction of a share or a full share, or you don't. So that's something that I can double check on, and uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll leave a comment down below, maybe posted below this video when I do get the answer to that question. But it is a great question, and unfortunately, I just don't quite know the answer to that at this given moment. Question here from uh, Doug Adama. Um, another great episode, guys. Just a minor comment about doubling up in TD so we own td in both our quest trade and wealth simple he said if you're building a dividend portfolio with drips in mind then wouldn't it make more sense to hold a good (laughs) dividend stock under a single account i guess rather than splitting them up Mm -hmm. this would allow you to take advantage of the drip option in the future sooner as your stocks aren't split across both platforms Mm -hmm. and then he goes on to say i do recall that you mentioned one of the past episodes you weren't a fan of drips either so great point, right? Because when Good you, question, yeah. Yeah, because when you do need to, uh, for, especially when the share prices of stocks get higher, mm. um, yeah. you do need to have a, a sizable amount in order to fulfill a drip, in order right. to buy a an additional share. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, why would you split that up and kind of hold yourselves back from that? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if the drip option is on the table for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, as you
1: mentioned here, Doug, we... Neither of us are are big fans of drips. I, I wouldn't say a fan of drip. It's just not for us. Well, sorry. Good good yeah. clarification for our style for yeah. our strategies. We don't use great clarification. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for if it is something that you partake in, I think your comment makes a lot of or your question makes a lot of sense. It that does. You would consolidate them to be more eligible. We prefer to manage the dividend cash flow that comes into the portfolio so that we can allocate. To whatever company we want, not necessarily the company that paid the dividend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's lots of different scenarios where you where it would be appropriate. I would say to use drips, and your I think your question is a very good one. It is. If that's something you want to do, then yeah, I think uh, you know all else being equal, is a good, not a bad option. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I guess that just comes down to our personal take on it.
1: Uh, another another just a touch of, a nuance on that as well, because what we're doing here is we're building two separate portfolios, one growth and one balanced. Mm -hmm. And in our opinion, um, certainly a company like TD is appropriate for the balanced portfolio, no question about it. You might say, well, gee, that's not really, is it a growth company? Should it be in the growth portfolio? Uh, We're not going to build that growth portfolio of only the high-flying companies. So Mm -hmm. you do want to have some depth to that portfolio. So when we look at these from the two portfolio perspectives, I think it does make sense to own both of those. Um, So that's another reason why we split them and we'll see another example of that. Later Coming up this we, uh, video with is, one of the stocks well. we added. So, exactly. Yeah, thanks
0: for that question. That's awesome. Great question. Mm. Michael Gagne, Gagne? Gagne. Gagne. I'm still new here, so I have a question. I have a Lira account, and I have a TFSA. Which is the best for dividend investments?
1: Um, I would say, for starters, dividend investments we feel are good for almost, every, uh, almost any account. Mm-hmm. The only nuance I would think what might make a difference here is uh, in the lira. Any if, if you do own U.S. companies in your uh, in that account, the dividends will not have, be subject to that 15% withholding tax that yeah. we're all kind That's of aware of. Think about. Um, in the tax-free savings account, yeah, um, they would be. So there would be a, a difference there. I think it would also depend on what your goals are for each of those mm-hmm. um, each of those accounts. Strictly from a dividend perspective. I, the only difference I would think you want to be aware of
0: the withholding tax is the withholding tax yeah lira would classify as a retirement account mm-hmm. similar to the RRSP mm-hmm. and what there's this there's a treaty in in place that says when we have retirement accounts here in Canada whether it's a locked in account whether it's your RSP whatever yeah. that is you don't have to pay that withholding tax mm-hmm. the TFSA a bit of a different vehicle you, you do. So yeah, good question. Very commonly, um, there's a lot of confusion over that. So
1: thanks for yeah. giving
0: us the opportunity to speak on that. Um, should we finish off with these two questions or sure. one more? What do you think? That's, that's, uh, let's let's do a couple. Yeah, two more questions, just so we're not running too far on time yeah. here, guys. But uh, JF Runner says if you even if you have twenty percent of your portfolio in cash, and you are lucky enough to buy the dip, and then the market sees a ten percent rise, you only make a two percent of total gain. Not much, for not much for so. Much Not cash. for so that. much cash aside. Yeah. Um, yeah, common question, and especially
1: with all the volatility we've seen in the markets lately. There's more than one reason I would suggest that you would hold some cash. Um, first of all, um, JF Runner here, one of the things that this calculation discounts is the fact that when the markets do correct, Obviously, the money you have in cash won't correct. So that will if, help you. Yeah, that so, yeah. So it's not just what you gain on the upside; it's what you don't lose on the downside. And I know mm-hmm. there's all kinds of contracts You only lose when you sell, etc. But I think you get the the understanding here. If you're even playing somewhat of an active role in managing the portfolio, the the, the drop down will allow you to you know buy the dip or take advantage. Um, also, I would say if you just buy like a, a broad index, like the S&P 500 or the TSX, um, maybe less of an issue there. Yeah. When you when you are actively managing a portfolio and you have, for example, a watch list, or maybe there's companies that you want to add to the portfolio, you just don't see the price being right yet. The the dips or the drops that we're talking about here um, will happen. Then, if you don't have any cash on the side, you you don't have the option of adding to the portfolio or broadening it out or making those changes. So, mm-hmm. um, having that cash on the side
0: it plays um, multiple roles in the portfolio. Plays
1: multiple roles. And uh, another one, just quickly before we move on, is just from a volatility perspective. You know, when the markets are are rich, a lot of people um, just don't have the tolerance to to withstand the ups and the downs. So that cash does play a, a balanced role in the portfolio as well. So a few reasons, good logic here. I think mm-hmm.
0: uh, hopefully added a little bit to the, to the question. Mm-hmm. Last question in from Kuhn, good to hear from Kuhn. Yeah. For the high beta stocks that do not swing together, I would switch my winners from my TFSA to my regular account and switch my losers to my TFSA account to collect taxable capital losses the one way to take, this is one This one way to take advantage of choppiness in the market. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a really good strategy. And um, I don't think, uh, Kuhn, thank you for answering for asking this. I don't think it's really a question, it was more of a comment. Um, the only thing I yeah. thought we, what, like, I might, this. we might want to speak about this is just when uh, you use the term switch and just to make sure the viewers understand uh, that can mean different things. If you simply transfer, so imagine the scenario here, you've got a non-registered account, you've taken a loss or you've got the losers in there, a regular account, and you want to switch those into your TFSA. Makes sense. But if you do a transfer, you will not get the benefit of that capital loss. Mm -hmm. So that's something to really be aware of. You have to sell the investment and then transfer the cash into your TFSA to crystallize that loss. That's really important. Also, you then have that superficial loss rule kicks in, so you can't simply sell it, get the loss, and move it into your TF- TFSA and buy it back, you will lose the benefit of that. Yeah. Um, so that was more of a comment we wanted to add to to round out this discussion, but to take advantage of the choppiness, I mean a great strategy, just be really careful that you do it uh, in the proper way, otherwise you'll lose the whole benefit of that.
0: It's fair, and mm. you know, it's uh, although from a conceptual level, I, I do agree, like yeah, there's there are benefits to that. Mm. From a practicality standpoint, I don't know if that's something I would do on a consistent basis. That's just a personal opinion there. Mm-hmm. When you factor in the space that you have in such and such accounts, uh, I mean, for a lot of people, they may have their TFSA flat out maxed out, so it kinda isn't an option to be popping more money in and, and whatnot. But um, nevertheless, it is something that I think is, is it's a fair thought nonetheless. It's, it's a good thought, yeah, good point. If your circumstances mm-hmm. you know, accommodate
1: this, mm-hmm. then uh, something, to, uh, something to be aware of, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to the activity of the portfolio. I forgot to mention off the top. So our total account value as of drawing these numbers, it's now sitting at 55.9. Okay, not too shabby. Just re- recapping. We started this from a portfolio of 40,000 yeah. uh, a number of months back. Now we've been adding on a monthly of course. basis. So and, a, and, a, yeah. a large chunk of this growth is the thousand dollar contributions that we're doing on top of the growth from some of the stocks in the portfolios. But um, in terms of the activity, we made four buys during the period and three sells, so pretty even actually, and yeah. not, not a crazy amount of buys. And unusual
1: because we started with only cash, so obviously, and, and we're about seven months in now. So, so the, the bulk of the activity is going to be adding positions to the portfolio. But we did, uh, in this case, we yeah we bought four, we made four buys, which is actually only three companies. Yep. And then um, we did make three sales. So why don't you start off, Brandon, by yeah. talking about? the sales we made in the Quest Trade account. And keep in mind, these are non-registered accounts. So they're not- It's a margin account. They're these right. are both margin accounts. Yeah.
0: Correct. So the stocks that we sold were Alibaba and Tencent. And I made a comment on one of my last videos and I got a lot of people like, they're waiting for this video, they <laughs> yeah, wanna I think... know. But hopefully through the Q&A segment, we've kind of primed it for you guys. We sold these two stocks for the very, simple reason as this time of the year tends to happen more and more mm-hmm. um, the term that you're gonna come across is tax-loss harvesting or uh, tax-loss selling yeah. you, Interchangeable what you want, but just to be very clear on these stock. We we didn't um, decide that uh, these shares are down probably about 25 to 30 percent apiece in both portfolios give or take uh, each of them sort of in the quest portfolio in the quest portfolio yeah, yeah. sorry yeah both of these stocks are held in the quest trade portfolio if, yeah. I, if i wasn't clear we don't own these stocks in the wealth symbol portfolio yeah. these stocks are still companies that we want to own for the long term in our opinion we haven't given these stocks the time necessary to play out as to whether or not uh, we made a good decision or a bad decision. Like you said, it's been half a year and over the short term like that things can happen. Mm -hmm. Our thesis on this companies and particularly mine is far more bullish than a lot of people would, would believe. Again, there's the risks that come with that there sure are But for the growth portfolio, which is more of our risk taking portfolio. We feel these stocks are still very suitable. That said, because we have experienced a significant loss in both of these positions, by selling these stocks, as we kind of primed there with Kuhn's question, what you can do is actually crystallize these losses. And in the taxable account, for any gains that we make, uh, in terms of let's assume one of our other stocks, like a Google or Apple has done well, if we sell that stock for a gain, well, because it's a non-registered account, because we're trading in a margin account, those capital gains, the income that we make or the, the, The growth growth that we make, I should say, as a more technical term, that is subject to tax. With these tax loss cells that we do, we can actually offset some of those gains. And it's not that we actually sold any stocks for a gain during this period or at all, but it's something that we can actually use going forward. So it was more or less a a crystallizing. It's like kind of like putting some ammo in our... In yeah. the pocket for when that time comes, you know what I'm saying? And
1: and you can carry for you can carry those losses forward indefinitely. Right. So the fact that you uh you you crystallize a loss in twenty twenty one, you don't have mean to that trigger a gain. So there's a couple of different reasons you might want to take a gain. Uh, first of all, you might want to trim back on a position, like you say, Google yep. or so far in the portfolio it's done quite well. Well, it may get to a point where we say just for balance purposes, we want to take some of that money off the table. Normally, like you say, that would be a taxable event. Mm-hmm. At the end of the world. You make money, you pay taxes. That's okay. But if you can, if you can um, balance that out with uh, by offsetting Offset it, it yeah. with a loss, mm-hmm. then uh, from just purely from a tax perspective, um, that could be beneficial. Now, I know because and when you look at Baba and you look at uh, Tencent, they're very volatile stocks. So a danger of doing this mm. strategy is, okay, so you take that hit. And now, what happens if your timing is really bad, and they take off over the next um, shoot up twenty percent days? Over. Yeah, kind of because
0: we didn't. Because just to clarify, there is a superficial loss period, which you touched on. Mm. We can't buy these stocks back. Um, probably looking to, Well, there's not going to be an immediate rush to get them back on day thirty one. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, you do have a period where you can't buy these particular stocks, these exact companies, correct? Baba and Tencent. Mm-hmm. But uh, to carry on with what. You, what we did in order to kind of uh, mitigate against this. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is we, <laughs> we we bought our first ETF
1: in the portfolio, or mm-hmm. sorry, our first equity ETF. We yes. do have some fixed income ETFs, but we bought our first equity ETF. So there's an ETF called MCHI, and it's the iShares China ETF. And I don't remember off the top of my head, but a large chunk weighting. of it, like a quarter of the fund, roughly, is Tencent and Alibaba. Possibly, possibly even more, yeah. Possibly even more. Yeah. So the idea is, um, we don't want to miss out on a possible bump up, and we've seen the you know, past two days they've yeah a bit of a bounce, yeah quite a bounce. And so, rather than just being out of the market, we bought the MCHI. And even though it does have a heavy weighting in those companies, it's a different investment. It is so it, it doesn't mitigate or doesn't eliminate the tax the uh, tax loss benefits. Mm-hmm. So then the idea would be once. Uh, you know they've once with the 31 days have gone by we will look at what you know in the 31st day on yeah we will look at um possibly switching the back Mm -hmm. and getting
0: a benefit out of that carrying those losses forward for future gains with the intention of uh, of doing so again Mm -hmm. it's more or less at that time we can make an assessment and it's um you know 30 days from now, things could be quite different from now. The environment could be very different. So we can't like say this is what we're doing no matter what, Mm -hmm. but that's the intention. Mm -hmm. And again, just kind of going back to our our, our thesis on those two companies, the the MCHI ETF does, it it suits the role of us um, essentially retaining exposure to this space. And yeah, as I always find it kind of funny, you can just switch to a very similar stock, a very similar fund. Um, an ETF, a very, like, literally a comparable ETF, but a different ETF, uh, it works. Yeah. So that's what we're doing in that case. Um, yep. For those that are wondering, that is why we sold. Uh, take, for example, this is outside of the portfolio challenge, but in my personal TFSA, as I've mentioned, I didn't sell those stocks mm. because mm. there is no benefit to doing that. You don't right. get that superficial loss, mm. or you don't get that uh, tax loss benefits, I should say, sorry, in the TFSA. In the TFSA. Yeah. Not taxable account. But nevertheless, those were the two stocks that we sold um, on the next update. We very well may have bought them back, so <laughs> we'll, so yeah. keep an eye out for that. Yeah, but um, we did actually sell another stock, and I'll let you handle this. Sure. This was more or less in the uh, well simple portfolio
1: in the balance portfolio. I'll just cover this off uh, briefly here. Uh, we sold an ETF in the fixed income space called QTIP. So this is an in, uh, an inflation adjusted uh, security. So our inflation protected security. Mm-hmm. So um, for those of you who do follow the series, a number of months ago, uh, I can't remember exactly how many, but a number of months ago, we bought this with the expectation that inflation would pick up, up yeah. or increase, and it has certainly done that. And if we look at the dividend stream that we were paid, um, the the strategy for which we bought QTIP, Um, Worked it's kind Mm -hmm. of served its purpose now um, right now uh, We me particularly I'm you know, I'm a little bit less. I'm not sure that inflation is going to continue to rise at the pace that it has um, You know for a few different reasons But you know one of the most common ones uh, certainly has caught the attention South of the border of the Fed and you know the 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 administration so I think they're gonna be doing everything that they can in their power to start whacking that down and the tools are limited but the confidence that are the I guess the confidence I had that that inflation was going to be is lesser now seeing, is, is certainly less now so Took out that position, uh, which leaves a gap in our fixed income. That money, to this point, has just been sitting in in cash, the cash account, yeah. and uh, our expectation, our plans are to reinvest that in another fixed income entity. I haven't made the final decision on what we're going to do with that yet. It's so you know it hasn't been that long, um, so that's the logic behind selling QTip, is because I think for us it served the purpose when we annualized the gain. It was just so you know just high single digits, so it, it you know served it did what it was supposed to do. And now I'm just looking to how to reallocate uh, those funds. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the logic behind that. And then lastly, uh, just recently we added Johnson and Johnson. And back to mm-hmm. one of the earlier questions, we added shares of Johnson Johnson in both the balanced and in both uh, and in
0: the growth portfolio. Yeah, so mm-hmm. a double up, as mm-hmm. as he mm-hmm. said. And again, uh, I think Johnson Johnson. We don't need to speak too long on, other mm-hmm. than the fact that this is a company that. <laughs> one of those ones where, you know, at almost all times, it's hard to argue with it. Uh, it's hard to argue that this should not be a hold in a portfolio, either for a balanced investor, but even for us as a in our growth portfolio, a very suitable stock to kind of complement some of the higher growth names. Yeah, And I was just looking at Johnson and Johnson for a, another purpose. And it's just like a tremendous, tremendous track record
1: in oh. terms of share performance
0: in terms of dividends <laughs> dividends i think the number last i looked was 59 consecutive years of dividend increases mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just a, an absolute stellar stellar business more recent news on them is talk the the talks of splitting up the company yeah. and actually breaking that down yeah that doesn't really change our our outlook at all on the company in and of itself uh the shares more or less why the shares were down a little bit as the markets have been choppy and that's more or less what Drew us into this company mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, this looks like a nice time to add. Very fairly valued in our opinion. Not a super deep discount by any means, but a fair add on a fair on a very high quality company. I, I think it is trading close to a support line. If we do care for that yeah. all that yeah. often, but nevertheless, um, it's just it's just one of the high quality companies that we're happy to add, and it suits both of our portfolios. That was really aside from MCHI, the major ad that we made in these mm-hmm. in these two accounts, and um, honestly, that's. Like you say, we haven't been That's buying it? a ton, despite yeah. the
1: choppiness. Um, we're seeing some. We've seen some some big negatives, you know, particularly yeah. in the tech se- sector. Uh, but we've seen a quick recovery. I don't. Just when we sat down to video this, the markets were up strongly again today, and mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to see that. Um, so we have. Well, we'll look at the numbers here shortly. But we have you know, most of our money is. Invested in the equity markets at this yeah. point, and so we're comfortable with that. We have some cash, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a good time to get into sort of the overview, the overview, of the construction of the portfolio. Yeah. yeah,
0: I was just wondering. I don't know how long this video has been going for. Mm. I can't even see it on there. Oh, not not that long compared to our usual. You know, I just, the, as we were talking about that, you know, the lack of buys and whatnot, um, I got a lot of question, comments on my last video talking about timing the market. Yeah. Do you see all those? Oh yeah. yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them. And a lot of them were actually more uh, inquisitive and in saying, hey, are you know, are you contradicting yourself? I thought you're not say, supposed to time yeah, the market. Some yeah, some of yeah, them were just yeah. flat out like me. I was thinking about doing an entire video on this, so I don't know if it's something worth touching on in this um, episode. Well, but it's just like, I have a ton of thoughts on that because, yeah. you know, it, it, I think it's a misconception. It's one thing if literally we say, hey, we are selling out of all of our stocks and yeah. we are 100% cash and we're sitting on the sidelines. Because the markets are gonna crash. Waiting for that <laughs> bottom. And yeah. that's like, I, I think the, the perception that a lot of people have, yeah. because I just sold my TFSA and it looks like, you know, I, I have no no more money invested. Yeah. That is just one of my accounts. That doesn't yeah. <laughs> it doesn't factor in my RSP, it doesn't factor in our corporate money. Yeah, We in this portfolio, just to kind of bring up the actual Pick uh, the overall picture. Mm-hmm. We're still sitting at about. I think our, we you have combined seventy-eight percent. Seventy-eight percent of our money invested. Yeah. In the equity market. In the equity market. Seven yeah. percent invested in fixed income. Again, that number needs to be bumped up for all our allocations. Yeah. But we have about fifteen to sixteen percent of our portfolio in cash, and mm-hmm. it's with that money that we are being more selective. And I, I say we because this is happening both on my personal side, yeah. like aside from you, yeah. as well as in these portfolios. And you know, the, the thought I had like, when I was just kind of thinking about what to talk about in that video that I was gonna do, I'll just throw it in here. Because know sure, yeah. why don't I we're only like 30 or so. It's funny, months. we must think alike,
1: because I've prepared notes for a video specifically on the time in versus timing the market as well. Go, yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: Well then, we can just combine notes here, <laughs> because the you know, the, the reality is this, and I think it's kind of blunt, and it's yeah. kind of, um, it may be against the traditional like, wisdom, but when you're investing in individual stocks, the way we're managing a portfolio, I think every decision does have a, a, a component, an, ti- element time. an element of, of timing in the yeah. market. Of you does. know, yeah. it's, it's one thing if you're saying, I'm a strict ETF investor, I only do index funds, and I don't ha- have the care to, you know, try to generate alpha and buying certain stocks here and there. I don't wanna play the cash, I just wanna invest every single paycheck or every single week or every single month, the set amount. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, of, I truly do believe if you have a dollar cost averaging strategy, then just keep investing regardless go with of Vogel. the market. <laughs> go and, exactly just yeah. go with it, right? Yeah. Because you have no flexibility to do anything other than that, right? That's what you do when you're an index fund investor mm. But with our strategies where we both manage the account from uh, an individual stock perspective There are a ton of benefits. There's a ton of stuff that you can unlock by doing this type of investment in terms of uh, maybe targeting some undervalued companies, in terms of maybe holding off on the purchases, right? If, if we're just an index fund investor, we're simply buying the index. You don't really have that flexibility. And, and I'll just point out, for a lot of people, that's totally nothing, appropriate. Nothing thing, wrong yeah. with that. And yeah. and yeah, that's where maybe some of the, the comments were coming from is like, well, maybe I'm an index fund investor. I'm not saying for, for you guys, wait to you know time your purchases, just keep going on a schedule. But for us, every time we decide You know, whether to add to this stock or whether to, you know, trim from this stock. There are so many elements of how that stock is doing, how the market is doing, which comes to our ultimate decision. Yes, it
1: does. It's a calculated decision. It's a calculated decision, right?
0: I thought of the example, like Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway sitting on billions and billions and billions of dollars of cash. Yeah. That's market timing. It it is. Like, you know, obviously it's not the traditional out of the market, in the market, like sidelines versus in, but there's a reason why he's holding so much cash. Sure. And, And yeah, this. Just my opinion. I've I've always, I mean, I love, you
1: know, it's time in the market, not timing the market. I mean, but that's so simplistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally speaking, if you had a choice of being an investor and being invested or not, yeah, you want to put your money in, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, 70, 75% of the time or more, the market's moving in an upward direction. And certainly over time, Mm -hmm. um, you will come up further ahead than sitting on the side. I do not believe that you can't take a nuanced approach to that. And Mm -hmm. to your point, Brandon, if we said, you know, we think the markets are going to drop, we've gone to cash. Yeah, now you're timing the market. Mm -hmm. And we typically see that when the markets have dropped. And we certainly saw that in March of 2020. And I've seen it in many other previous periods before that, when people literally will sell out. Or when the markets have been hot and everybody's all in. You know, those emotions drive that. Um, And so I think, well, I believe there is room for we are investors and like you say almost 80% of these portfolios and our Mm -hmm. personal money Mm -hmm. is invested in the markets Uh, but does that mean that you every you you get a dollar and you need to invest it that day not at all I think you Mm -hmm. really can take advantage Mm -hmm. of the volatility that the market offers us Um, and in fact you know a lot of the sort of the you know the world renowned investors you look at what those opportunities is how you make a difference in your portfolio and Mm -hmm. certainly anybody who you know, made a, a bigger bet last March. You hear a lot of people say, I just bought in, you know, I went heavy in March. Well, that's timing the market because you in believe the market. In a good way, you know, yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: Maybe not opposite of what a lot of people will time the market in a bad way and try and sell out during those times. Yeah. But if you if you decide to double down, hey, I'm even going to get a loan and put some money in the market, that is timing there's the market before of, the good. There's, there's a lot of really happy
1: well. stories from, from March of yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like you say, it's on the opposite side of that, but you're taking advantage of the dips in the market and if you have some cash on the side, that's typically when you're gonna to wanna to go in. Mm-hmm. If you're 100% uh, invested at the time, then, well, you don't have money to put in mm-hmm. the market. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I, glad we have similar thoughts on that, Dad. Cause yeah, we haven't talked about oh, that at all, but yeah, it's...
1: Yeah, we haven't done a specific video on it, but no, uh, no and I get it. I, I get this, oh my God, you're, you know, yeah, Contradi- your most recent video yeah, yeah. was...
0: Uh, it's contradictory to what you hear. And, yeah. and again, I just, like, I wanted to just clarify that uh, from my standpoint, I don't want to like, and and I may have made a mistake in the video by just the way I framed it and whatnot. Um, that may have been my mistake though. Like just the way I I put that information out, I may not have been clear enough. We are still very invested (laughs) in the market. It's just the money that, you know, we, I don't buy stocks every single week. I don't buy stocks every single month for that matter. Yeah. yeah. In our portfolios here, that's a great example on the personal side. Again, I, I don't invest on a weekly or monthly basis. So what I was trying to get across was, Hey, just because the markets have been the way they are, given the environment that we're in, I'm just not buying stocks at this moment. It doesn't mean that I'm not 80% invested in my other yeah, accounts, yeah. as you can see here. Quick analogy, because you golf, um, I used to golf a lot, I do once in a while. I try you to
1: golf. You try to golf, you kind of, you golf, you kind of you know, the goal when you're hitting a drive is to hit the ball down the middle, yeah. right? And that's kind of the strategy. There are some times, when you might try and cut the corner a little bit. You don't get too crazy with it because you can get into trouble, but you take nuance. Or if the wind is blowing, and it's more applicable to this, if the wind is blowing in one direction, you're not gonna aim the ball down the middle Mm -hmm. because it's likely gonna end up on the wrong side of the fairway. You may adjust your swing and go into the wind and let it pull it back to the middle of the fairway. And right now there are a lot of winds blowing out there Mm -hmm. um, in both directions. And so just say every single time I'm gonna hit it down the fairway, um, yeah, it's just not uh, play, it's, play to the winds is what you're saying. Pl- play, give what the wind, give what the course, play with what the course gives you, right? So like that, yeah, right? so I think sure. we kind of,
0: I think we kind of made a point there. Or, you know, you yeah. share our thoughts and yeah, yeah. No, well, hey, we'll probably leave that in for the viewers here, but we will wrap up so it doesn't go too long. Yeah. We will just finish with our overall portfolio and, update.
1: And now I'd like to see the comments because there's some very, mm. very, there has been some very, very strong conviction. You're wrong. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I mean, bring it on yeah. because
0: uh, this discussion is is good, right? For everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, to finish things off, guys. Mm. So, uh, putting up the pro, uh, Wealth Simple portfolio here, we're sitting with 15 positions at a total of $28,085.44 to be exact. The Quest Trade portfolio, on the other hand, this one is sitting at $27,878.31. And um, yeah, what we'll do is actually just toggle over to our kind of like our compilation here. And this is where you can see from a top-down level what our portfolio looks like in terms of the holdings, in terms of the positions. I think one thing we've done a really good job of, to be honest, is, is uh, it, you know, from a top-down level, this this to me looks like a very nicely, uh, I'm very, very happy with the names we hold here. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with the diversity, especially from a top-down level, even though we are managing these two separately. yeah. But if you're looking over onto the right side, uh, chart or the right side hand of this page on the screen here guys um yeah our largest position is alphabet and that's been a case of it growing uh, the stock has actually done decently well since we purchased shares we have td bank and royal bank um actually royal bank's a bit lower here but these bank these are our two biggest holdings in the wealth symbol portfolio and um yeah it's it looks pretty good if you ask
1: me well and the goal over time and we are seven months in now is to is to build a well-rounded um blend between Mm -hmm. the growth and the balanced. And so yeah, the overall look here, um, I think we're getting pretty close to where we'd
0: like to Looks good. The the sector allocation I think is right where we want to be. We got, again, cash at 16%. Financials at 13. Infotech or technology up at about 11.5. Industrial's another big sector for us. Healthcare at 10% with the recent additions. Uh, As well, I think we still own Pfizer, which has done, uh, uh, Merck, sorry. We own Merck, yeah, which has gone and up. And Pfizer, there Mark we go, now. Merck and Pfizer, exactly. And then just a the healthy weighting across the rest. Um, one thing that I think is worth notable, being, it is notable here, is that we do have the international um,
1: diversified. diversified,
0: which is something that a lot of people would say, what, what is that? You know, yeah. What sector is that? If you did catch that, or if you can even see on that side of the page, um, that's of course the ETF that we have that's essentially just kind of slotting in for a couple of our stocks temporarily. But it's yeah. essentially an, a, an internationally diversified ETF one one holding.
1: Yeah at the bottom here you'll see you know we have nothing inter our Canadian diversified mm-hmm. or, or US diversified and you know for this for the spreadsheet that we built here we just use the diversified for uh, ETFs in you know generally speaking mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's yeah. virtually impossible to go through and nail each one as to what sector because some of them are very, like a, an S&P 500 like ETF what are you going to there so yeah yeah so that's good and then overall we've got um, about 79.3% equities in the Quest Trade portfolio versus 72 and a half in the wealth simple a little bit higher cash weighting in the in the wealth simple which has that balanced mandate so yeah kind of makes sense taking shape and um yeah we're just uh, enjoying putting it together one of the things that um, I will I, I observed over the last little while and I don't know about you Brandon we haven't talked about this but because of so much else that's been going on, I've been certainly monitoring the portfolio less than I normally would, and I think that's kind of uh, that's not atypical. I mean, we all have lives, and yeah, we you know if, if we were portfolio manager, we'd be sitting here looking at this every day, uh, but we're not. And with Christmas coming up and with your wedding and all those things, um, I as I you know went to sort of summarize my thoughts. I went, oh yeah, it seems like I really need to summarize my thoughts because. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite up to speed as to where everything should be so we're you know everybody's human yeah and uh, one of the nice things about building a portfolio that you have confidence in is that yeah I mean if you go on vacation for a couple of weeks you shouldn't have to worry that you're gonna come back to a you know, 60% decline in your portfolio mm-hmm. if it has the diversity that type of thing so I just thought of that I'd throw it in because Great point. I certainly was aware of that as I was you know preparing to have this chat um, that oh yeah I I I've been distracted with other things and yeah. you know, pull it back.
0: Yeah. Life's been getting busy and it's not It's not just the Christmas season too. Uh, for those that are sticking around, we were working on a big project, yeah. um, two, big two big projects first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got my own thing going, you got your own thing going. Yeah. Within our academy, for those that are interested by the way, always link down below. But uh, a huge thing just for the upcoming year, I'm doing a total revamp of our beginner training program and literally mainly the only thing is i'm refilming the videos so that they're 4k footage so they were hd 1080p you know when i filmed them a couple years back but basically it's being updated it's being revised for you know modern day examples like mm-hmm. 2020 2021 examples factoring covid as all these learning experiences and just getting that quality up to par and i've been swamped and i'm only just finishing module three <laughs> of eight to go so i have uh, a, a crazy amount of work here done on the back end. Maybe you can explain what you're working well, on. Sure. Because th- I know we've gotten so many questions. <laughs> For those of you that have uh, scheduled a call with us and either spoken with myself, Darwin, Allison, uh, Joe, so many people are asking for the retirement product. So yeah, and since
1: you know, since I joined the channel, uh, the demographic has changed. It has
0: yeah, um,
1: and you know, Brandon so successfully created this channel for millennials to start the whole thing off. You know, nothing, uh, you know, from the ground up. Well, it's grown into a much more diverse demographic. bunch field. of old folks watching the videos. Bunch of old folks like yeah. me watching the videos, and so that's a good thing. And one of the most common requests is. Okay, I'm going to be retiring in ten years, or in five years, or even if you're younger, you plan, you know, you want to have the best retirement possible. Having a ton of inquiries in that regard, like you say on the phone calls, people are asking about that. Yeah. So, um, so I'm creating essentially from the ground up uh, a course, uh, a course geared to retirement, the things you need to know, mm-hmm. the how to plan, how to prepare yourself for it, and kind of leveraging the experience I had by working with so many people who went through that process, and it is
0: it's for a lot of people it's not an easy process it's not someone just dm'd me like literally yesterday asking about it saying like i should be feeling good because yeah. i'm here yeah but i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got my money feel here and he's like basically from the the message he's saying he's very very unsettled as to yeah. how the next few years are going to play out for him yeah very and common. i told him that that's that's normal that's, yeah that's don't feel bad
1: and so it was a project we had planned well both of these we had planned for 2022 but just with everything else going on we moved the timeline up on those so yeah that's Taking up a ton of my time too, which I'm really enjoying, but developing the curriculum and and uh, putting it together—it's hard in a logical, fo- you know, fashion Flow, that people can yeah, follow. Yeah. and then sitting down and doing the videos. So yeah, so that's it. But it's been a lot of fun. But uh, but, never, of work, yeah. but
0: nevertheless, we are going to be grinding away in the background on that and. I think we're going to make a commitment to posting more videos for you guys over the the Christmas season. So I know people got their stuff with family and whatnot, so we we do too. But at the same time, we're going to start pumping out the YouTube videos, especially come New Year. It's going to be video after video after video after video. That's going to be a really great time for us, and it's just going to be busy. I know on my end, um, like I said, got the wedding out the way, got the move out the way. I'm I'm ready to go. I don't know about you. Anything happening
1: in the spring or... Should I know about something? Oh, You have a baby coming in February? Oh yeah, that too, <laughs> yeah, that thing. <laughs> Gotta get the nursery all built up and what have oh, you. No, so no, no, I'll still be, yeah. Lots going on, so yeah. So
0: that's kind of a bit of behind the scenes, like you say, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so, mm-hmm.
0: good. Well hey, thank you guys all for tuning into the video today. Um, if you guys enjoyed, I will uh, remind you, please do drop a thumbs up, that helps so much. I think they removed the dislike button for some people. They did. So I don't have the, so have the dislike button. drop a dislike line. if you want, no, I, I don't, I, I still see them. I think they're phasing it out. Okay. Depends on the video. I see the button but no number beside it. It does? Oh I see them still. So that's weird. But Still, just like you just don't know if you're part of the, going with the flow or not, but. Exactly, uh, well, if you guys didn't like the video, like it, if you didn't like it, then dislike it. It's up to you guys, but we would appreciate the likes. And particularly
1: in this series, because we do focus at the beginning on trying to answer mm-hmm. questions yeah. that are relevant to you. If you have a question, throw it in there. We try and, and answer as many as we can without you know making a three hour video. Um, if you see a question that you like, just give it a thumb or give it a comment, a thumbs up, I guess, to the question itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the yeah. comment, because that's also a way we can gauge the questions that people Interest. are
0: interested in so yeah so for sure we, don't forget to do that as well well thank you guys so much for watching we will sign off here I'm gonna go back into this one and hopefully get it up today for everybody cool so that'd be awesome well thank you dad dad good to see you yeah great to be here nice all right and uh, yeah we'll see you guys in the next one